Hey, uh, this is Jake Diefenbach from Rivers of Nile, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. I want your money, your time, I want your patience. All right, everyone, I want to welcome you all to a new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is Sonny here, as usual, and today I have the honor of speaking with an immensely talented frontman in Jake Diefenbach. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, Jake. Now, this is an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Rivers of Nile with the release of your fourth studio album, The Work, which unleashes here on September 24th on Metal Blade Records. And I just want to start things off by congratulating you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far. I mean, could we expect anything less? Let's be real here. I mean, especially with those insane bangers of singles titled Clean and Focus that recently dropped. I mean, so much to unravel about this unique and highly anticipated album and who you are all about. But before we get to all that, Jake, now that there seems to be a kind of a light at the end of this long tunnel we've been in for the last, what, 18, 19 months, I can't help yeah. but ask, I mean, how are you holding up, man? And how has life been in Pennsylvania for the last seven, eight months, if you can even sum it up? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? It's Loaded question to start things ride. off, right? <laughs> I know, right? First off, thank you so much. And, uh, 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 you know, really looking forward to the work kind of coming out and, and, and doing its thing. But, um, you know, life in the past eight, 19 months has been really interesting. You know, it's kind of done a lot of things that we all kind of taken us by surprise. But it's kind of also given us and given me time to kind of recalibrate my home life and kind of, you know, put things into place I kind of need, need to be doing for a while and, um, you know, just take care of things. So um, I think I think this time period has also been really valuable for the band as a whole, too. And you know, like been able to actually use this time, which you already have planned out to finish writing the record. Right. But we didn't know things were going to get closed down. We didn't know things were going to get shut down. Um, after that last European tour that we did, we had no idea that the world was going to come to like a stop at that point. Um, and I think that kind of put us in a deeper space of isolation than we already thought we were going to be in when it came to writing this. And uh interesting process <laughs> yeah yeah and you know um you know staying busy during this time i mean you said it yourself it's easier said than done right i remember when the pandemic yeah. first first happened i was like oh this is great i can actually catch up on shit that i didn't do before and now we're look look where we are it's like okay i gotta make valuable use of my time right and uh, obviously obviously we wouldn't know what what we would have what situation we would be in today. I mean, obviously I'm glad to see you guys are doing well. You have this, some exciting stuff coming forward. I mean, highly anticipated, uh, you know, and the thing about rivers of Nile, I want to make sure that people know is that, you know, you guys have been around since 2009 from reading Pennsylvania and you've been at this for a while, Jake. And by that, I mean, you know, the touring life. I remember the last time I saw you guys and everyone knows that I'm here in, here in Dallas was uh, November, 2019 with fit for an autopsy. And then obviously you have this up from the sewer tour coming up with Black Dahlia Murder yep. here. I think I think this week might be the first tour date, I think, something like that, or something. Yep. I, I know yep. it's come right around the oh. corner, but I wanted to mention about live performances. Like, what is it about performing live that you love the most, or maybe even miss the most? I mean, do you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Um, you know, I think, I think it's a great question. You know, like, uh, performing live is, the, you know, 
is is the first frontier for what brings me to in appreciation for 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 metal music outside of just listening to it and experiencing it live myself. You know, the first time I played a live show ever, you know, all the way up until like where we're at now with Rivers. Um, you know, each one is my is is its own favorite. You know, and it's a reminder every single time why I'm here to do this and why I love doing this. You know, and sharing that experience, being able to go on these tours and travel and meet people, and you know, and just ha- be able to perform—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's sick. It's hella sick. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, it's there's nothing more. There's nothing more in my life outside of having a relationship with someone. You know that 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 that, that is that that that, that get, you know that has that feeling of liveliness you know they're playing live with 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 these guys you know yeah and the so. thing that and the thing i love about rivers of nile is i mean if if anyone who's listening hasn't seen rivers of nile do yourself a favor and just catch them on this upcoming tour because the thing that makes you guys about who you are is the live presence that you guys put on stage i always remember when i see the last time i saw rivers of nile you know i, I remember that specifically it was raining specifically on that day and it just captured everything about who you guys were it just added to the atmosphere and you guys just have this knack for bringing these live performances to a to just a memorable experience for all the fans and you've seen it you've seen the fan turnout and and with this last year with the live streaming that's been happening with all these many all these bands i don't know if that's something you guys took a part of but we've had bands like artists like devin townsend and trivium come on interview under fire and they talked about their experiences on you know translating what they do on stage into the screen like we're doing obviously but it's it's nice yeah. to hear that from someone like you how you much how much you appreciate what you love doing because it really shows on the stage and uh i i'll be there in dallas i think september 24th that's the day the work drops which we'll get to here in a second but something that i want to touch on is that uh for anyone who doesn't know jake there's something very unique about you that i would love to discuss and that is you are hard of hearing, you know, and if yeah. possible, tell me more about that. I'm sure this is something your fans love, would love to know more about. I mean, how did this impact your specific relationship with music? And how did you know that this is what you wanted to do with your life? Um, you know, like I, I, I was born, I was born hard of hearing. So like naturally growing up, it wasn't until I was about, you know, um, just beyond being a toddler, I think that like my parents started recognizing that, oh, you know, has this this disability, um, hmm. and at that point, you know, later on in life, I just kind of lived my life as a normal kid. Um, obviously, it was hard for me to like pick up on certain sounds, certain speech, how to like listen really carefully, how to uh, ask, you know, people to repeat themselves sometimes. And so I had the device that, but then later on in life, I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't really, yeah, I I know that this is something I have, but I don't really see myself as, as, as someone who um, isn't able to, 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 to do other things like, 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 I want to say normal people, but like other people, yeah. you know, um, and then when I got to metal, because I li- love listening to metal so much as a younger as a younger person, and, and still today, um, I I was like, you know, there's something to this. Let me jump up in this and and try this out. 
and and when I did, you know, it was it was just this loud atmosphere for me as a young person, a young, you know, like individual who 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 like kind of felt that this the world outside of this loud wall of sound was kind of boring and kind of <laughs> you know you know what I mean like yeah and and as a deaf person it was empowering you know like to be to be able to to, to perform with 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 people and not be able to hear well but but also be able to do it you know and I was like you know this this is awesome let's let's keep doing this <laughs> wow um yeah, do, do you uh, remember do you remember the first uh, uh like metal album you picked up or just first thing that that you knew that you heard it's like oh wow like what was it what was the song what was the album who was the artist that got you into this world we're in i'm sure we all have that i'm in, i'm intrigued to hear what was yours <laughs> I, I mean you know i'm not gonna lie i'm not embarrassed by it but i definitely grew up on a lot of 90s music and 90s new metal. Um, growing up, I was a skateboarder and all the kids on the block that I grew up on in, in Reading uh, on Cotton Street, they all listened to their different things. Like like my one friend, Mike Dorman, he was really into like, uh, like as I lay dying, like, like we all had these skate, these skate video music soundtracks. And then we kind of collected the music that we liked based based off those those, those music video skate soundtracks. Yeah. And then it, you know, when Tony Hawk came out, then all those songs. Oh gosh, <laughs> don't even get yeah. me started yeah. on that. That entire yeah. soundtrack it's it's in my it's in my like it's always in my playlist over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, and and like that's kind of like a, a recycled, you know, you, you know, listen of of my whole childhood, you know, like I, but but specifically metal growing up like i'm not gonna lie limp biscuit i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) because that was exactly my entrance to new metal (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes i was like a little nervous but you know what i was like fuck it you know i got nothing to fuck it man i mean i mean i mean we were uh, I mean, we were like angsty in our teens. Like, who wouldn't want to hear a song like "Break Stuff" to get yourself yeah. into the metal world, right? Like, I mean, I was just oh, watching absolutely. the yeah, I was just watching the Woodstock documentary on HBO Max, which I r- highly recommend you see it. But it, it shows like the growth that the like the the impact they had on the culture that you and me grew up in, you know. And and it was yeah. it's really cool to hear someone like you. It, I'm glad you said Limp Bizkit. I was like, please say Limp Bizkit because I, I'm gonna make a fool of myself if he doesn't say it. <laughs> But it was either Limp Biscuit, it was either Limp Biscuit or Corn, like those two bands. And then of yep, course that of was my interest to like Chimera and like all these other bands. But but Limp Biscuit, man, uh, that's that's shout out to them for bringing you into where you are today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, for both of us. Yeah. Honestly. And, and but, I, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say. say- <laughs> okay, you go first. You have, you have to go first. We're, we're, we got a connection here, okay. so you go first. Okay, okay, okay. All I was gonna say is Corn was definitely another one of those bands that really inspired me growing up too. Um, and uh, it's just bands that kind of were on that on that new metal wave. Yeah, you know, like Three Dollar Billion was the first metal oh, record that I purchased. And I was like, this is so noisy and so intense. 
I'm like, I don't know what he's mad about, but it sounds sick. I'm like, you know, like, let me check this out. And I mean, I remember listening to like other, I, I can't remember too specifically what caught my attention prior to that, that might've been on, on like, you know, like the eighties metal kind of era, you know, like if any of that kind of like stood out that I may have heard, but it wasn't until Limp Biscuit was played in front of me that I was like noticeably turned and was like, what is that? You know? And, and it was, it was a weird, maybe you had this experience too, but it was a weird, like at first it was like, I'm not so sure, but I'm still curious. And like, I'm like, well, the thing is like, nobody was doing what they were doing at that time. That's, that's what's in, that's what was so crazy about it. It's like, what is this? Like rap and metal? Like this is not supposed to work, but I freaking dig it. And you know, like yeah. everything kind of just grew from there. I'm sure the same thing with you. And uh, yeah. I think it kind of just goes into, it's kind of like we're repeating history because no one's doing what you guys are doing. So that's, I think that's kind of an amazing contrast between the two, how we're from one era to the next. I, I yeah. the, you know, the irony of, me speaking to you today is um you know i just saw the movie the sound of metal uh, a couple weeks ago yeah and, and and good lord like one of the most powerful movies i have ever seen i mean riz ahmed knocks it out of the park i do begin to wonder like is that exactly how it is when someone experiences a life-changing event like that and then i got to see a whole new side of this deaf community in that in that movie i mean uh, I'm sure you can relate to it. I don't know if you've seen the movie yourself, but yeah. I want to bring that to your attention. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I definitely saw that movie, and I, I, I say that the depiction of of how of how you know the scene where he's like losing his hearing as he's playing, and everything's kind of getting muted around him. That's definitely that's definitely like very very on point with what it kind of feels like when you're you know, you're in this situation hard of hearing. Yeah. I mean, you're on stage, you know, but it's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of like low end frequency that you kind of normally hear. And a lot of like the high end stuff is what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So um, everything just, you know, like for me, it wasn't so much of like, a, you know, in, in, in the movie, he's kind of like, it's, it's happening as a result of metal and, and he's like losing it. He's losing it fast. And, uh, and it's so bad that he can't even play. Like he can't even play yeah. the shows. I know. And both um, of my brothers are drummers. So that, that really started to seep into my head. It's like, wow. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I, I can definitely see that. I mean, I can, I can see that, you know, the correlation, like, you know, when my brother saw it, that blew his, blew his mind. It's like, wow, he's yeah. frightened. Like it's a, it's a scary thing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, you know, like, honestly, it's, you know, your hearing is no joke. <laughs> like, honestly, God, it's and it's not easy. Like, like once you start losing your hearing, you start getting tinnitus. It's it's very hard to kind of like correct that and and fix that. You know, and a, yeah. a lot of a lot of what it is just protecting and and kind of removing yourself from being in loud environments. And on and you know, on another note, like you know, being on tour, that's kind of a lot of what I have to do sometimes. It's like, I want to be in there watching the show and I can't boy the earplugs. They do help, but sometimes it just like take out too much sound. You know, it's like yeah. for, for, for the level of safety that 
a hard of hearing person needs to have them in their ear. By the time I have it all the way in, it's like everyone's just on stage. It's like there's no sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Man, that, yeah. That, that, that's, that just makes, I mean, what you do as an artist, that just makes it even more, I mean, eye-opening for the things that you do. You know, I, I begin to think, you know, as a vocalist, uh, what challenges have you faced, Jake, that other vocalists usually don't face? Like, wh- how is the production process different from someone like you as opposed to someone who doesn't have a uh, hard of hearing, you know? Um, you know, uh, good question. I guess, like, it's, it's for me, uh, you know, I, 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 it's hard to say what other artists necessarily go through that aren't deaf, but, you know, I can say for me, being hard of hearing, um, you know, and recording or playing live, um, a lot of the difficulties I go through revolve around like just hearing, hearing the parts correctly, hearing, hearing enough sound to make sense of what it is I need to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and being able to throw myself into it because without knowing where I'm at because I can't hear correctly it kind of gives me this ungrounded state of like not really like just loosely existing between the frequencies of things you know instead Mm -hmm. of actually being being you know with it and you know punched in um so you know like it's it's not like a an earth-shattering thing but as far as like recording specifically um I just have to make sure that I know where my tone is at, where, to, where you know, and, and not to push further than that. And sometimes as a deaf person, because I'm competing with sound and sometimes because, you know, I'm not hearing things at, at, the, at the level that they need, you know, that they actually are at. I tend to sometimes get a little excited, push myself a little bit more. So, and knowing that I have to do you know, X amount of songs that day or whatever it is I'm doing or X amount of time to perform, I don't want to, like, overdo myself. So sometimes I, I know, like, deaf people in, in that community, they sometimes, when they are um, verbally trying to express what they're saying, maybe with sign language, they try mm-hmm. to, they, they, they tend to push, they push a lot and they push, they, they tend to, like, lose a lot of that momentum to the constant pushing. So consistency, the point of what I'm saying is consistency is a key component for me as a deaf person. Because if I can keep my consistency like at an appropriate level of velocity of push with my voice, then I don't have to worry about losing it later on or 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 being or pushing too much, you know, not realizing it because of not being able to hear how loud I actually am. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, having said all that, uh, because that was important to me. Thank you for sharing that, Jake. By the way, yeah, I, mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's as inspiring as it gets. Uh, good God! Like, I, I hope that you know what you're doing has an, has a positive impact on the deaf community. That hey, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, as long as you really you know dedicate yourself to what you do, and uh, and you're doing that. You're a testament to that. I, I love seeing this, and. Again, it's an example on the work because you went absolutely above and beyond with the vocal quality on the work. I mean, 
I'm pr- I think it's your best work. I know I'm just one of thousands of fans out there. You really, you really nailed it with this record and really gave it the depth it needed. Now let's get to that fourth album, Jake, because I know we talked about everything except the fourth album, the work uh, dropped September 24th on metal blade. I want to repeat the words here, the fourth album, right? Because before we get into the core, that is the work. This is the follow-up to 2018's where owls know my name, which that album was just a massive success through and through. It really broke through the mass and cemented rivers of Nile as a major contributor amongst the, you know, progressive metal movement, knowing the success of your third album, Jake, was there any pressure for you guys for when you sat down to write a whole new album or even just a follow up again, considering we are well into rivers of Nile's career at this point. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there was a little bit of pressure for all of us, you know, like at different points in the creative process and writing process, you know, but, um, I think we were, the pressure was equally met with excitement and urgency to like see what new territory Rivers of Nile could 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 take on with with the, with this next installment following up after Owls, you know, and knowing that the anticipation was going to be high for a lot of people because of what that album was. So, you know, I, it it honestly felt like you know this record is a perfect challenge for. For, for 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 the kind of writing that we like to do, you know, and the boundaries we like to push. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, because with, you know, songs like The Tower and and Focus and The Void from which No Sound Escapes to Episode to Terrestria 4, which is, good Lord, my favorite. I mean, this is not only just another impressive addition to your catalog, but you guys as a unit have really transcended on that progressive musicality from your third record i mean fusing sounds of these creative styles and forms of tech death you know uh, the the trademark saxophone i mean shout out to zach strauss you know it wasn't just a feature anymore the whole saxophone thing it was a part of rivers of Nile's dna and of course with you i mentioned how you went above and beyond and this is this is also where uh, you had there were far more cleans which really molded well with the harsh vocals and there was just there was this balance and i noticed and was blown away by all your performances. I mean, to me, I feel as if you guys have collectively raised the bar yet again. I, and this is your calling. You put yourselves on the spot. I hope you realize that. But I wonder if, you, you know, you know, how much did things change from when you first started composing on the work to where you ended up finishing it? Was there already a specific sound you guys had in mind with this album? Um, well, sorry. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah. So with this album, we we definitely had, you know, uh, I said this in an interview, I think it was like, like last week that I had, and it was a really good question that I had, like, as far as like how we figured out what sound we were going to have for this record. And I said something along the lines of that, you know, when we originally agreed to create the fourth season, you know, concept, we all vaguely started unconsciously or consciously building bits and pieces of what each of those albums were going to sound like before we even got there. So the fourth album being the last one, we had a lot of like over the years of not, not in between the albums, kind of like feeding this space of what we thought it would be, you know, over time. Um, and leading to this one, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something that we always start with the season. You know what this how the season kind of unfolds to us 
in its creative space and how we kind of see those expressions kind of articulating themselves in a musical environment or landscape. Um, and and I, 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 I know Brody and, and, and Biggs, you know, all of us, like yeah. we all, we all kind of wanted to push those boundaries even further, you know, in the same direction that Al's kind of took, you know, yeah. but kind of going a little bit further with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, cause with Brody, yeah. Brody uh, is very interesting. Cause the Brody is actually, some of the production was done at his home studio. Right. And yep. alongside that, um, you know, you also had the Grammy nominated, production team of Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland at Atrium Audio who took care of the drums, vocals, bass, sax, and mixing. I mean, I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you knowing you had a team like this working on the work. I mean, pun intended, right? Because everything yeah. everything turned out the way it should. Brody went on to say that this album was a sound world, uh, meaning that it's an album that almost sounds like a place rather than a thing, which is very telling. What's Do you feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 was something we kind of uh, discussed earlier on. You know, it's it it has this it has this really interesting feeling of being somewhere other than other than just listening to a music explain through its sound a story of somewhere else. You know, yeah. I, I he 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 mentioned it to me earlier on in a different way. And I was, I was like, you know what? I'm, next time I listen to the record from beginning to end, I'm going to try and see, see where this goes. And uh, sure enough, it definitely did the same thing. And I understood what he meant. And it did that. Uh, it's a really interesting way of interpreting, you know, the overall. There, there, there's so many different layers to, 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 to how you can listen to this album. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, but that's that that's one of the more interesting ways. <laughs> yeah, you know, between uh, writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, you know, the lyricism throughout the work. Because you have a song like "Focus," which is how the use of drugs can relieve your mind and change your thinking. But there's always that slight shift, you know, in the focus in general. And then you have a song like "The Void," and then you have a song like "More," which is collectively those two songs speak it to how everyone has a what and they know a day that wants that from them, you know, so to speak. And, and all of us feel an obligation to deliver that, you know, even though your, your bassist Adam Biggs mentioned that even though that there is a central concept for this album, he wants to leave it to the listener's interpretation so they can relate to it in their own way. You know? So I, I begin to think about themes, you know, Jake, like, like to what level do you like to have a theme or concept for your music is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience because a lot of artists they don't really care about themes right they just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it but i felt well with like uh, you know with rivers of niles catalog especially with the work you guys have really honed into that identity yeah that's uh, a good question um i think themes are important for you know I, well i think for us you know it, it's it's a dual thing you know we we, we create the theme for us to have a navigational, you know, means of, of creating things in a certain territory, 
you know, that are rel relevant to those particular areas or those particular, you know, seasons of, of, of the year, you know, which is interesting because, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of connectivity and direction, literally, and in, 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 in how each season can be related. You know, and I think so as an artist, as a writer, as a creator, it, it does give us some kind of, you know, mapping system to work through, you know, and, and um, uh, as a listener, you know, yeah, sometimes themes aren't really necessary. They're not, um, but they are, they equally kind of do the same thing that the writer that the writer needs in order to maybe get that that those ideas out because right. of the theme you know the theme kind of serves as like a like a like a base, mapping system yeah ma a mapping system a baseline <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you know, for 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 for, for person to start you know and um you know leaving it open to interpretation i think is the real true story that each person is meant to have, you know, with these songs, you know, there is a, a specific meaning to these songs. I'm sure, you know, like I said, big said, big you know, talk about that, but, um, you know, leaving that, I, th I think it's far more interesting for each listener to find their own story. With the songs. Yeah. You know, because you can actually like listen to a song a, a million times. And that story will change, you know, the story can change for you. You can hear the story differently. And, uh, and that story is the only story that only you can experience with, with the music yourself. And, uh, and maybe it's relatable to someone else, but at the same time, it's also meant to be something very unique and individual. So it, it can be both. It can be both. Yeah. And I, I think it can also be themed. Based and it can also be, you know, individual interpretation based. And like I, I had someone ask, like, uh, do you, which way do you prefer this this album, you know, to be interpreted? Is is it something that's meant to the listeners are meant to like know the story, or is it meant to be open to interpretation? And I said it's both. Yeah. And I was both. And I was because it's important. You know, both both are important. You know, what I mean, like. Yeah. If an artist, if, if, if listener can't connect to the music, you know, outside of just, you know, the music just sounding like it fits in with their personality or fits in with their mood, you know, um, being able for, be, for the listener to be able to construct their own meaning in that space is, makes it feel like a home, makes it feel like a territory that they can exist in. You know, like playing a video game or like, you know, like uh, reading a book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm yeah. glad you said that because I, I feel like if you, if you had a certain theme, I felt like, okay, our themes about, um, for example, you know, uh, colors, you know, just colors in general, for example. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then if the listener is looking for, he's like, they're like looking for the theme of colors. Okay. I can't find it because now I can't relate to the record. And, but instead, yeah. let's backtrack. If you just say, oh, it's not about colors. It's about your interpretation. So now the listener is like, okay, I'm going to hear the song the way I want to hear it. That's how I can relate to it. And I love that you guys did that. 
Unless you're, yeah. if you're hearing a song like Break Stuff, <laughs> which is just straightforward. <laughs> if you're going to go back to that, I mean, as far as themes and stuff, I don't think there's any, there's, a, there's nothing to cover that song. Like break Stuff is just straightforward. Yeah. But... Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> we're going to joke about, about that, that forever, man. Um, but, uh, Jake, we're nearing the last part of this interview. I'm going to let you go here in a second. But do you have a favorite song on the record, personally? Uh, you know, there, there, there's, it's hard for me to say what my favorite is because I, I tend to, I tend to not play favorites because <laughs> I like to, I like to like everything equally. Yeah. Even if, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I will say. Man, I've been putting on the that, spot this whole interview. Huh? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Honestly, man, I really like just listening to the whole thing from beginning to end. I'm like, it, it, it there, there, there are a few songs. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm excited for each one in its own way, but there's a few songs I really get excited for, for sure. Um, you know, Wait is one of them. Uh, Dreaming Black Clockwork is another one. Oh, man. Um, I'm yeah, looking forward one. to I'm looking forward to hearing man it's going to be quite the day here in Dallas on on an album <laughs> release day this is the perfect perfect situation I mean we could have both asked for and I I think we will be doing an in person interview that day as well so I'm looking forward to meeting you in person man it's going to be yeah, man. quite quite the night here in Dallas I'm really looking forward to it Jake man uh this has been an honor we've covered so much ground on this awesome interview man thank you so much for sharing everything about who you are because that really shows how much of a talented individual you you are you know i'm sure fans will will really love to hear all this about you can't wait to see you in person i i also begin to think you know for someone like you what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career another way to see this you know at the same time you've been involved with so many other different aforementioned talented people artists producers throughout that timeline we have talked about and i'm excited to see where you guys go from here i mean here we are you know a new chapter with the fourth album, you know, as a musician, as a frontman, hell, as a human being, do you ever just stop for a moment to take a look back at how, at how far you've come? Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Every single day. Every single day. <laughs> Every single day. You know, um, and uh, I have a lot to be grateful for. And, I, you know, honestly, you know, to be able to be here, to be able to to be doing this, especially in in these weird times with with all this going on, you know. But even beyond that, um, it's it's rewarding, but it's also gratifying and humbling, you know. Because with without any and any anyone, you know, the the bandmates, yeah, fans, you, you know, label, whatever, you know, none of this would be possible. So it's a, it's a collective effort. Yeah. You know? And it, it is, it is interesting looking back and being like, is this real? <laughs> I, I think, you I know, think it's it. important to, you know, I mean, as, as, as you get successful, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, I don't know, I'm speaking for anybody else out there, but as you get more successful, as you grow up, I think it's important to kind of just take a step back and push everything to the side and kind of just, kind of just exhale, you know, to kind of remind yourself why you do what you do, because it you kind of lose yourself in the moment sometimes, which is okay, but you want to yeah. make sure that, you know, you take care of yourself first before remind, you know, you got to remind yourself why you do what you do and then go back to doing it. And uh, I think it's just 
I'm proud to see how far Rivers of Nile has come. I mean, the outpour and love that I'm seeing from all these fans just going ape shit over your music. That's that's what this is all about, you know. And and I and uh, I don't know if I'm gonna. I haven't moshed in a while, but I might mosh. <laughs> when you guys when you guys get here, Dallas, you'll see the long haired dude like in the front going crazy. But um, dude, uh, absolutely, J- my friend. Jake, I'm going to let you go here, but do you have any last words, just any shout outs, anything like to plug in or mention as far as uh, Rivers before we finish things off here? I know he had that tour coming up. What's the first day of that tour? When is the first day of uh, from the sewer? Uh, the, uh, the first day is actually tomorrow. No way. <laughs> we literally yeah. clocked it in on the on like the last day before you head out. So yeah, yeah, this is quite yeah, the interview yeah. to finish things off before you hit the road, man. Um, yeah, tomorrow is uh, Chicago, uh, first day. So we're, we're, we're ready to to, to fuck it up man yeah and, man. Uh, and, uh, and i was just in Sh- chicago uh two months ago i love that city so uh go crazy man don't go too i mean don't go too crazy take care of yourself <laughs> obviously but oh, no absolutely we're, yeah. we're we're gonna be very safe safe and sound yeah and everyone who's thank listening you so much man no yeah. thank you dude um i'll keep you posted yeah. once this um um interview goes live i don't know if you use social media but i would love to stay connected with you hopefully we yeah i'm looking forward to the day we can meet each other in person here september 24th in dallas texas but everyone who's listening they rivers of nile go on tour with black dahlia murder after the burial carnifex undeath i mean could we expect a better lineup probably not but i mean this is this is quite the way if you want to get back into the live music this is how you do it um up from the sewer 2021 uh drop i mean starts tomorrow and everyone who's listening jake diefenbach uh from rivers of nile the work drops september 24th on metal blade records do us a favor uh see them on tour and buy the album because the bands can't do it without your help jake i'll let you go here man i know we clocked in a little bit over than what we anticipated but again i appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for telling me everything that you have um love you bro stay safe out there and i will see you here in dallas man Thank you so much, Sonny. I'll see you in Dallas. Thank you so much for your time. You take care, bud. I'll right, see buddy. you soon. See you, buddy. Bye, yeah. now, man. Bye-bye. Later. I want your money, your time. I want your patience and your pride. I'm a restless in a Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.